Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us back in our podcast studio two of our State Library staff members, Sarah Pettis and Carrie J. Shoon. Sarah and Carrie work in our Collections and Digitization Department and are here today to share some interesting items from our collection. So welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Thanks for coming. And thank you for helping me do a podcast this month. This is the only one we've done this month. (laughs) I've been a little busy. We got Um, you. Thank you. But uh, anyway, we've got um, two interesting books that um, Sarah and Carrie have chosen, uh, chosen. And they're about legendary locals. There's uh, one that Sarah's going to talk about called Legendary Locals of Greenville. So we have the upstate covered, and that's by Cindy Landrum. And then we have The Locals of Hilton Head by Barbara Muller. So we've got the Low Country covered. And um, The Legendary Locals of Greenville is featuring Hattie Logan Duckett, Johnny Mac Walters, and Edward, uh, I knew I was going to mess this up. Edvard Chivzgel. <laughs> and we have to practice that one to be able to say Chivgel. it. Chivgel. Edvard Chivgel. Um, and then for the folks from Hilton Head, we have General Quincy Adams Gilmore, the Monty family, and then a name that I think most people will have heard of, and that's Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, go ahead and talk to us about legendary locals of Greenville. And is this a part of a series? Um, yes. Um, it looks like the series is just legendary locals. Um, and we have one for Greenville, Hilton Head, and Charleston. Mm. But we figured since Charleston's pretty popular, mm-hmm. we would go with the other ones. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and so I guess Columbia has no legendary locals. I don't think so. Or no one's written <laughs> it yet, or we didn't find it on the shelves. But I, we can look that up later. Okay. Um, and if there is, we'll definitely obviously purchase a book of that. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, so we have a few. Um, and it's, they're, really interesting i learned a lot about obviously history of south carolina Mm -hmm. um through that and it was just really cool to read about all kinds of people that i have never heard of before and so um i actually had a long really long list of people i wanted to cover but Mm -hmm. we were like let's narrow it down to two or three um (laughs) and so they don't the book does not give um, a whole heap of information about every single mm-hmm. person. It's usually like one or two paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we both, I think, had to do further research on the people um, that we found interesting enough mm-hmm. to put on, oh, okay, on the podcast. So a lot of the information, half the information I found elsewhere and then part mm-hmm. of the initial information I found in the book. So the book's really kind of a starting point yeah. for folks who are interested in people right. from mm-hmm. that area. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay. absolutely. Um, and so the first person I want to talk about was Hattie Logan Duckett. Mm-hmm. Um, she's found on page 49 of the book. And she was born in 1885 and she graduated from Claflin College. Um, and after moving back to Greenville in 1911, she had, uh, I think, moved to Florida with her husband and he passed. And so she moved back to Greenville. Um, and she bought a house and started the Phyllis Wheatley Home for Young Black Women. Hmm. And then over time, um, with more people helping fund the home, it turned into the Phyllis Wheatley Community Center hmm. in 1919. Um, and one fact that I thought was interesting is that it housed the first public library for black people hmm. in that area, I think. That's interesting. Um, and so, uh, and then eventually um, even more money came in um, 
and newer facilities were offered um, so that this could be a, a even bit larger resource mm-hmm. for African Americans in the community of Greenville. And so it there were activities like sewing classes and scout troop meetings and choral groups and the YMCA and the YWCA. Mm-hmm. So all kinds of stuff started kind of happening as it got bigger and bigger. Um, and in the 1930s, it housed the Federal Emergency Relief Administration, mm-hmm. um, and they were established to d- distribute um, welfare relief to the needy. Um, and then as uh, civil rights movement happened in the 1960s, it provided classes to help African Americans prepare to enter job markets that were previously closed to them. Um, and so it's still running today, um, and it al- also offered the first Big Brothers and Big Sisters program of Greenville. Wow. So it's done a lot over the years, and it was all because this woman was just like, I want to give back to my community. Mm -hmm. Um, And And was she originally from Greenville, you said, and then she went to Claflin? Yes, or she's from the surrounding area. All right. I don't have it written down, but you can look it up online and (laughs) (laughs) learn the things that I left out. That's right. Um, And so I just thought that was really interesting of um, just a woman – doing a lot and then mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. just latched on and people that had funding were like i want to support this mm-hmm. so and it, the center is still going strong today that's amazing oh. so, um and then the second person i wanted to highlight was johnny mac walters um originally from hartsville and then moved to greenville later in his life to practice law so the thing that was really interesting and in what the book mostly focused on was Um, In 1971, he was appointed commissioner of the IRS during President Nixon's administration. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then three months after the Watergate Uh break-in and all of those things, um, Nixon's White House counsel, John Dean, gave Walters a list of enemies and told him to order IRS investigations on them. Huh. But... He didn't do that, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> and he put the list in an envelope and sealed it and put it in his safe because no he was like, I, I know, yeah. I'm not. I'm going to be a good person. Um, and so then he got permission from his superior, the Secretary of the Treasury at the time, George Schultz, mm-hmm. um, to do nothing, hmm. just to cover his mm-hmm. <laughs> bases. Um, and then months later, knowledge of the list came out, and he turned in the sealed envelope to the executive director of the Congressional Joint Tax Committee and didn't get into any trouble. That was very <laughs> clever maneuvering. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> um, and I assume, like, some of that was, in my mind, I'm, I'm sure it kind of got looked over because so many things were happening that oh, maybe yeah. Nixon mm-hmm. didn't be like, hey, go, mm-hmm. like, check up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his quote, his comment was, by refusing to implement the request, we preserved our tax system and also kept me out of jail. Wow. Like, good call. That's, that's a very good call. Yeah. <laughs> and Talk about CYA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting. Um, and uh, he later published a book called Our Journey in mm-hmm. 2014, which currently we don't have a copy of, but mm-hmm. it is now being ordered. Because well, that's good. They I probably <laughs> have it at the Greenville County Library. Probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, wait, well, I, now I want to read this book. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, no, we don't even have it. And so I told people that need to know mm-hmm. so we will have copies of it soon don't oh, worry right. cool. um yeah because that's an important south carolina connection yeah I mean, mm-hmm. had no idea of that story mm-hmm. and so i think later he came back to greenville after all of this mm-hmm. i think could be mixing him up there were a couple of political people that i wanted to highlight and i was just like this is the most interesting mm-hmm. of them but they were all very interesting 
Um, and so then the last person is Edver- Edvard Chivzil. Chivzil. Yes. Chivzil? Sorry, Edvard, if you hear this. Yeah, sorry, My apologies. Um, and so he is the conductor of the Greenville Symphony Orchestra. Oh, currently? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. As far as my research I found, mm-hmm. yes. Um, but he's not originally from Greenville, obviously. No, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so in 1991, he was on a month-long tour with the USSR State Symphony Orchestra, there, which the first performance ever, I think, in the Peace Center was this mm. symphony, mm-hmm. I think, is what... My, my understanding is um, and when he was here he told his host in Greenville that he wanted to defect oh so this wow is like, that's interesting yeah mm-hmm. um, and so then a local attorney arranged for him to I found this outside of the book and I thought mm-hmm. it was really interesting um, a local attorney arranged for him to make uncomplimentary public comments about the Soviet Union to an obscure agricultural newsletter <laughs> <laughs> to ensure a better chance of receiving political asylum. Hmm. And then I guess they would not find it because That's why really would they read that? Yeah. I um, wonder if it's a um, obscure state document maybe. agricultural <laughs> newsletter that we might have in our collection. Mm, <laughs> might. Might have to do some more research on that too. Um, and so... Before the symphony left from its last stop in D.C., he was taken away by FBI agents and um, immigration people, I think. Mm -hmm. And then his wife and child later came to join him in the U.S. in 1999. Hmm. And then he's still doing all kinds of music conductor things. Wow, that's fascinating. um, The conductor for the currently for the Greenville Symphony Orchestra. That's amazing. That's so interesting. It really is. You know, and when you think about it, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people might have a negative view of South Carolina, or but we have such unique stories. Mm-hmm. And these these three, and then the three Carrie's going to talk about. You know, they all have important South Carolina relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So very cool. Well, cool, Sarah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Carrie. Yes. Hilton Head. <laughs> all right. So what I liked about these books, the, the legendary locals books, is that they don't just talk about people who were born and raised there. They talk about people who like came and went or mm. they passed through or things like that. It's not, like not everyone is born yeah. where this location is. Right. Yeah. Like uh, the Hilton Head book talks about people who fought in the Civil War, both on the Union side and the Confederate side. Mm, mm-hmm. Talks about people in the Gullah Geechee community. Um, talks about facts of known local people that you would never really hear about on mm-hmm. the news, mm-hmm. like philanthropists and photographers and symphony musicians. So it's a great mix to learn about the people who came to the community and how they affect the area in some mm-hmm. way. So uh, my first person is General Quincy Adams Gilmore. wonder who he was named after. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was named after John Quincy Adams, <laughs> the sixth president. It was said that... Um, he was born the year John Quincy Adams was running for president. Uh-huh. I guess his parents really liked uh-huh. him. <laughs> and so they kind of put some stock into mm-hmm. naming their son yeah. after him. <laughs> um, he attended West Point in New York, and he graduated first in his class. And during the Civil War, he fought for the Union. Um, so he fought at different stations. He was through... New York City and Kentucky doing inspections and fort construction. And eventually he came his way down um, with General Sherman to Hilton Head. Hmm. And when Ormsby Mitchell, who was the commander of the X Corps, he was a whole 
Civil War mm-hmm. lesson for you. <laughs> <laughs> but Ormsby Mitchell, was, who was the commander of the X Corps of the, uh, for the Union, um, he eventually died from, I believe it was yellow fever mm. killed him. And so when he died, uh, Quincy Adams Gilmore took over, took over his position um, in Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. He became like the new commander of the Department of the South, is what it was called. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then Gilmore led the construction of Fort Mitchell and Fort Holbrook, which is near Hilton Head Island. Mm-hmm. So he led those two constructions. Hmm. And then within that time, uh, Gilmore was really adamant about having African-Americans serve in the army or the military mm-hmm. for the Union. Um, and uh, so he led an attack on Fort Wagner, and it was pretty successful but then they had a second battle of Fort Wagner um, and that was with the 54th Massachusetts Regiment which Mm. is the first African-American military regiment during the Civil War Mm -hmm. and that wasn't very successful Mm -hmm. (laughs) so when they fought at the second battle of Fort Wagner uh, they lost two brigade commanders and General Truman Seymour was wounded and it was just this big whole experience Mm -hmm. uh the movie glory is actually about this battle with Uh matthew broderick and Mm -hmm. uh other people other actors denzel washington (laughs) Washington. (laughs) yes and uh yeah so i thought that was very interesting that he Mm -hmm. was featured in this book Mm -hmm. to read about that definitely never really occurred to me that it was that specific area Mm -hmm. you know the low Mm -hmm. country yeah (laughs) yeah it just like doesn't click when you learn about certain places Mm. you don't really think on a map Exactly, but yeah. also you don't necessarily, when thinking of a place like Hilton Head, think of its history. I think we tend mm-hmm. to think of resorts and golf courses, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. and, and you know, the beach, fancy shopping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charleston's the only place that can have Civil War history, yeah. right. not necessarily. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I was like, oh wow, that's super mm-hmm. interesting. It I never is. really thought about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, the second people I wanted to highlight is the uh, Monty family. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about these two brothers. Uh, they're known as the Monty twins, uh, Miles and Ernest, and they were piano player pianists. Mm. And they had a customized van to fit their grand pianos in, and they would tour around the country. No way. Yeah, <laughs> in like the 1950s, I believe it was. I'm already thinking I need to look them up on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they would tour, and then Ernest passed away. And after he passed away, Miles and his wife came back and settled down in Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. And his wife was also, um, she played the violin. And uh, so they performed as a music duo. Mm-hmm. And it eventually led to the inspiration of creating the Hilton Head Symphony. Oh, wow. Mm. And so, so far, like one generation. Mm-hmm pianists next generation Hilton Head Symphony then the next generation Miles and Dorothy uh, they had a daughter named Mm -hmm. Phyllis Mm -hmm. and she went on to be a harpist Mm. and she was in the Marines Mm -hmm. and she played in the president's band known as the president's own Mm. and uh, she performed at all of these receptions and celebrations and anything that was like a dinner party, she mm-hmm. was there, w- part of this band. Mm-hmm. It said that she's played the harp for more American presidents than anybody else because she played for 
Carter, Reagan, George H.W. Bush, and mm-hmm. Clinton. Wow. wow. All across. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty narrowly mm-hmm. focused, you know, presidential harpist. Yeah. Right. You, know, you just don't hear presidential harpist. It's a harpist. real niche It's job. so great. <laughs> and uh, it's, the book also mentioned that Phyllis played Danny Boy for President Clinton, and mm-hmm. he accompanied her. Oh, I'm assuming he's a on a saxophone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, but she also, another really cool one is that she played at the White House engagement party for Prince Charles and Princess Diana. Oh, cool. Ooh. Yeah. How neat. So fancy. I know. She's so great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she later retired from the Marines, but she continues to play with the Hilton Head Choral Society. Okay. And she still plays today. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I thought she was That's really cool. <laughs> another thing to look up on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. I want to hear her so bad. Uh-huh. I hear all of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then my last one is everybody knows mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman. I was surprised mm-hmm. to hear about her history with Harriet Tubman because mm-hmm. hearing about Harriet Tubman, I don't really think you don't South think Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so backstory. Harriet Tubman uh, was born into slavery in 1820, and she escaped when she in when she was 29 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, escaped from Maryland to Philadelphia. And then she made her way back and freed relatives and friends and other enslaved people mm-hmm. uh, through the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. So later, time skip <laughs> <laughs> to the Civil War. Uh, she joined other abolitionists from Boston. Uh, with the Union Army to go down to Hilton Head, and she mm. served as a nurse. Okay. And she nursed uh, soldiers who had smallpox. Huh. It said that she did not contract smallpox mm-hmm. at all, which mm-hmm. is amazing yeah. because smallpox is crazy contagious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she also, uh, I heard in the book, <laughs> that uh, she made money on the side by making pies and uh, selling them and brewing root beer. Mm. <laughs> So she would go sell that at night at Hilton Head. Now I want pie and root beer. (laughs) I know, it sounds so good. (laughs) Uh, And then in June of 1863, there were raids that took place on plantations on the Combahee River. Mm -hmm. Did I say that right? I think so. Combahee. Combahee. I think that's how I've heard it. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's Edvard Chivshel. Yeah. (laughs) So these raids took place on these plantations, and uh, Harriet Tubman was part of these raids by she created a map of the plantations and the areas along the river uh, mm-hmm. for the Union to use for their boats to travel down and find the plantations and set fire to them and free the people hmm. on the plantations. And it said wow. that she fr- she helped free up to 700 enslaved persons. Wow. Grief. Yeah. So that's amazing. And mm-hmm. she brought they brought them all over to Hilton Head. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. No idea of that history. I know. And they say that there's a new Harriet Tubman movie coming mm-hmm. out, and oh, okay. it would be really interesting to see if they focus on that story. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, part of yeah, the story. The trailer mm-hmm. seems to focus more on the Underground Railroad stuff, mm-hmm. but it would be really interesting if they skip forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone does already kind of know about the Underground Railroad and mm-hmm. have a like historical perspective on that, but I feel like usually in school you kind of stop mm-hmm. and you don't really learn about the rest of her life right, right. she's done so many amazing things yeah. and it'd mm-hmm. be so great to see all of it all of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. because it is she's about her so. <laughs> and all the south carolina connection that's mm-hmm. really fascinating mm-hmm. yeah 
So we shall see whenever that movie is released. I don't remember when it's coming out. I don't know either. Another, th- another thing to check on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you both so much. This has really yeah. been educational and fascinating. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. Until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening. <laughs>